1: Hi
0: everyone and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. We are having a wonderful uh, conversation today with some professionals that are going to talk about how they had to change their delivery systems. And for those of you that are new, we do these shows a couple times a week. I'm adding in a COVID special every Friday that we're going to be doing Our show is not about sound bites. It's really about sound information. And we talk to people all around the world to see how they are dealing with things when it comes to dementia and caregiving. So I want to thank each and every one of you for all your likes, your clicks, your shares. You've been amazing at sprawling the word of our work here. And we want to engage people on this journey. I also want to give a shout-out to the Memory Cafe directory. Uh, With that, uh, many of them are going virtual now instead of meeting and gatherings, but I know that that's a great support for people. And I want to give a shout-out to Keith Gallis, who is an executive director and has been in, uh, in the field of healthcare helping families for over 20 years. He has written a book called Parental Dementia, A Guide Through All the Difficult Questions, And you can go to his website and uh, put in the code Lori, L-O-R-I, and save $5.99. That's ParentalDementia.com. So let me go ahead and get started here and introduce you to our guest today. I am very excited to be able to have this panel with us today. And so you are going to see them as they appear. I'm going to be pulling people onto the screen with me as we go. So first, I want to introduce you to Loretta Vetty. Loretta is just a little powerhouse, and um, she's a, actually a national speaker. I've gotten to see her speak. She is just fantastic. Her mother was also diagnosed with dementia in 2006, and so she's a care partner. She's written books to help people engage, and she is a major Lego enthusiast. So welcome, Loretta. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm awesome. How are you, Lori? I'm doing great. (laughs) <laughs> doing great. Uh, next, I want to introduce you to um, Alexandria uh, Amato, and she is the Director of Community Relations out at Artisan Senior Living in Eatontown, New Jersey, in which I was just out there. I've met her before at other events, and she is, again, another little powerhouse in the world, and she is just such a go-getter and organized and Their company, I just adore the way that they work with people and their staff. Artist is actually a national company. And so you might want to check out and see if they're in your neck of the woods as well. So welcome. How are you doing, Alex? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am excited to have this conversation. I'm just going to introduce a couple more people and we'll get off and running here. Uh, Next, I want to introduce Kelly Nygaard. She is Director of Marketing for Live to Be Healthy. And she also owns a franchise of that as well. And uh, with her husband. And the company is committed to a higher quality of care through exercise and nutrition. And so it's going to be fun to see how how each of these companies has had to adapt to the senior market and those living with dementia. So welcome, Kelly. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me, Laurie. Okay, we've got one more here. We've got Sarah. Sarah Brown is an executive director of EMPRA, and she oversees the development and the deployment of all their signature quality improvement programs, as well as going out and speaking at state conferences and national conferences and Everything they do is pretty much applied evidence-based research, and so all of our journeys have changed significantly over this time period with what is going on, and so it's quite interesting. Loretta, I'm going to start with you, and I'm just wondering if you can share with people how has this disease affected not only your service delivery, but as a daughter with a mom um, who has dementia?
2: Yeah, it's been really uh, hard for sure. But I mean, on the plus side, I mean, we've been able at least to see each other virtually. So it all started for us on uh, March fourth, And that's when, you know, you first started to see the the signs um, that things were going to be changing in the group home where my mom lives and the woman who owns them operates five different group homes with fairly regular caregivers in each one. So I arrived on March 4th to see mom with this huge box of cupcakes to honor my sister, what would have been my sister's 70th birthday. And then when the woman opens the door, it's a caregiver I've not seen before. And she's standing there with the biggest uh, <laughs> bottle of hand sanitizer that I've ever seen. And so she had to take the cupcakes for me and spray in my hands with the stuff. And that's when you knew, okay, this is really starting to hit home. And I think the next communication we got, we had managed to share the cupcakes and do all that. But um, then the next thing that we got was on the 9th, saying that they were not gonna let any of the residents out to go to any of the field trips and things like that. And then you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh. And so you realize, you know, watching the news every day, you certainly realize that um, is eventually gonna come that you cannot visit. And so that occurred on March 12th and, I know it was sad, you know, it was coming up, but they went to extraordinary measures to accommodate the families for those families who did not have a means to communicate via FaceTime or Duo or Zoom or any of these things. They put um, iPads in each of the group homes so that, you know, the two-way conversation could occur. And that was just amazing. And then they sent, you know, step-by-step instructions, how to log on for some of the older family members, you know, who were probably worried they weren't going to be able to operate it. So well, that was really, really great. And then the last time I physically saw her in a way was March 19th, when I went to drop off supplies. And the instructions to drop off supplies were, you bring the bag, not your reusable grocery bag, because they don't know where you've been. So you were supposed to bring it in a plastic bag, sit it on the stoop, go to your car, call to say that things have been delivered, and then you know, drive off, I guess. But they knew I was coming. I had called first, and they brought my mom to the door, and you know she was able to wave at me, and you know that was extraordinarily sad. And of course, I cried when I got to my car, and because she kept saying, "I want to come outside," and they were explaining that she couldn't. But it was wonderful, you know, to see her. But I mean, obviously, this is just something that we um, have to do, and I feel sorry for the caregiver families because from March 12th they have been in there with our loved ones in these homes providing this round-the-clock care and you know I, these are some of the most amazing people that i've ever met and you know but doing this everyday care i feel bad that they haven't been able to have a break but i just applaud them for everything they're doing for my mother so each family gets a video call every other day and it's been fabulous
0: that's wonderful yeah. that they that they have used that technology every other day yeah. most people i'm hearing maybe once a week um, depending on the it's size of the community, um, actually, yes. we were. I was going to have one other guest with us today, and Deb's like, "I, I got to get out there with my staff. I have to support my staff." You know, maybe another absolutely. time. I'm like, totally understand. That's where you need to be, and to yeah. see people that are that committed is just incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, how has it affected your business as a as a speaker? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. That's been a, well, I would to say challenging. I do almost everything through Travelocity and I always get the insurance regardless of who the client is. And they've been wonderful. You had to hold on for hours, but uh, they've been able to, um, you know, either give you the credit or whatever, you know, and you hope that things will reschedule by the end of the year. So at first there were just um, total cancellations through probably the first part of May. And then Wednesday I got a call that something I was scheduled to do in Pennsylvania for the Alzheimer's Association was gonna go forward, but just virtually. So they sent out a link to practice and um all that. And the lady was like, I know you've done a lot of these. So it was um good to see something going forward that audience can audiences can participate in. Uh, with the virtual forum and I think that's really going to be great for a lot of families uh, who need that so you know I just want everybody to be safe so you know you don't feel bad at all about things canceling you know that's what needs to be done but it's also good to know that we are going to get back out there and keep this word out and talk about all the wonderful organizations out there that can help us provide um, you know lots of information on dementia and some of the challenges but a lot of the successes too so I'm sure we will um you know, reschedule. But um, it's been interesting trying to get everything, um, you know, canceled and uh, send things out to, you know, let people know that uh, we haven't gone away. It's just a temporary hold. So that's the message I hope people are getting.
0: Yep. Yep. I I know that people are really struggling out there, though, too. And somehow we've got to be able to get information out to families and and I suppose staff still need training, but again, you know, care has to come first. I would, I would imagine, with all of that. So, um, are you seeing anything in your communities that is positive in terms of changing, in terms of people and connection, that you want to share? I've been doing a
2: lot of, you know, walks in my neighborhood, just around the, you know, block kind of thing. And I'm, I was gonna put something up later today. I was just proud of how well everybody's doing the social distancing. There's a whole family of six. live about 10 houses down and they they were like half a block away from each other you know all going in a line and so it's great to see people you know doing that and connecting with each other what do you need what do you have um my next door neighbor is um elderly she's been here since i've been here and you know so we've been trying to connect and help each other so that's been fabulous as well so this is the time you know we all need to um pull together and helping other people makes me worry less about my mom just to be honest And so um, I'm still out there, you know, trying to be busy in terms of not just busy work, but busy helping um, other people. And at our church, we're starting to sort of anonymously help people who um, have let us know that they are in need and things like that. So, you know, everybody's out there working, trying to do the best they can. And your neighbors very quickly become, you know, good friends, people you don't know that well. Uh, The family that I mentioned, we usually just wave, but at least I know everybody's name now. So. Yeah, so quite interesting, the, the lens that I think we're going uh, to. And it is a great thing because we, we definitely need to do um, this together. So.
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you. Um, Alex, I'm going to go to you next. Um, again, uh, if you can tell people a little bit about artists and, you know, how many clients you have and what you are um, and then how you've had to adjust, that would be great. Sure.
3: Thank you, and I just want to say hi to Loretta. I've had the pleasure of working with Loretta also in the past, and her smile is contagious. So I just wanted to say hi to her. Um, so with Artist Senior Living, we are exclusive um, dementia community. So we are across the entire, you know, United States, um, located mostly in every state. Um, we have private suites that are available for our residents. And we're a little bit unique in the fact that we are resident focused and not task oriented. Um, we do individualized plans. Uh, we work very hard with the families to really dig deep to find out who their loved ones were prior to actually coming to our community. Um, and I'm sorry if you hear my bird in the background. So yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're a great community and um, we've, we've had some challenges. Uh, and we're working through them
0: and the families are being great. How are you communicating with families and, and how are you handling tours? Because I know here in Minnesota, people are still, you know, families can't come in. There's there's no visitors, but they're, they still are instructed to fill their beds and do tours. Sure. So, you know,
3: each state, I think, has its own, um, you know, laws that are in place In New Jersey here, uh, we are really strict. I think we right now are the second highest in the nation when it comes to the current virus, Um, but our companies implemented across the board, um, we don't allow visitors in, um, which again, that I think is the biggest challenge for our residents um, because of the lack of understanding. Um, So we we do great virtual tours for the family. Uh, We've become really creative we do a lot of video chats with the residents and their loved ones. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we, were, we, we had this great understanding of um, electronics, but we were forced into it overnight. So um, I think under the circumstance, you know, we've all adapted well. The residents are doing
0: amazing um, under the circumstance. So I think it's going well. Now, have you had to isolate residents, or how are you how are you working with that? Because I know in some communities, I've heard they're keeping everybody in their rooms, and with memory care, that is definitely a challenge. I wouldn't right. <laughs>
3: exactly. It is a challenge. So we are practicing our social uh, distance, um, you know, and everyone's you know using the same precautions as we always have. So there's nothing really different there. I think the social distancing um, is something new to, to us, even as Americans, because we're so, you know, a lovey-dovey kind of culture. So it's a little, you know, different to get used to, but uh, so the residents are not being uh, placed in their rooms at all. We are fortunate, knock on wood, that um, none of our communities have been affected um, by this virus directly. So, you know, we keep holding on to that, that you know, just by following these regulations that we will continue to, to move forward.
0: So are they in neighborhoods so they can still have dinner and meals and things together? Versus- yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
3: So we, you know, everything that we've done before we, we're doing now with just, you know, the social distance in mind. So if we're having, you know, four residents at a table, we'll do, we'll do two at a table across from each other. Um, so that, you know, they still continue to do what they were doing before. So there's very little change, which is so important in, in this group.
0: Definitely. Definitely. How about in your, you know, how's, how's staff doing as far as, um, morale and, you know, you hear people being fearful of if it gets here, or, you know, the doctors that are right. sleeping in the, in the garage, cause they don't want to bring it into the house and how are, how are staff dealing with it? You know, I have to say, so, you know, our,
3: our corporation has been a tremendous backing um, of support with the staff. Um, We have great executive directors that are great leaders of the staff. Um, You know, the staff um, wants to do a great job. They are also being cautious. So they are practicing the same. Uh, We are not going out once we get home, you know, we're having uh, groceries delivered and so forth. So we're taking this extremely serious because we do have a vulnerable
0: population that we need to protect. Wonderful, thank you, Kelly. How about you? What? How? How has this impacted your your business? And why don't you give people a little background as to how you used to operate and how you how you're operating now?
4: Thanks, Lori. Uh, yeah, we. I used to say up until two weeks ago that we uh, conducted on-site senior fitness programs. And meaning that I have uh, certified personal trainers that go out and teach group fitness classes in senior living communities. And all that ground to a very abrupt halt. Um, My last community, I showed up on the 19th of, or the 13th of March with a trainer that I was going to train in that day. And we were turned away at the door and the ed was so she felt so bad for turning us away and i told her carla i would have done the same thing if this was my community i so i we totally we understand exactly where everybody is coming from but wow what a change you know we sat over the weekend a whole bunch of our uh, trainers and regional owners and stuff sat around and talked to, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna proceed with this? There's still a few regions where they are conducting classes, but it's few and far between. Some are doing closed circuit television. Uh, some are doing, uh, but most of us are trying to work with Zoom and figure that out, and it's such a challenge. But on the other hand, it's, it's really, I I don't think that I have gotten to touch the lives of the people, the residents that we've served as much in the past as I have in the last two weeks. As I am on the phone with a resident talking her through how how to unmute her mic so she can see her trainer. And when her mic comes off and all of a sudden she can see Jenna She's just, oh, my gosh, Jenna, hi, hi. And literally, it just, they're so excited to see these people, even if it's just on the screen. And I've heard so many people saying, "Oh, I'll never be able to figure this out. I'm too old. I can't figure this technology out. And every single person that we have worked with, we've been able to figure it out and i think you know it's 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 not the way we want to tr- teach our classes but it's the best we can do right now and it's providing uh not only that fitness aspect that's so necessary but it's also providing a sense of community and a little less isolation and because of this new technology, we're now able to offer, before we were only going into senior living communities. Now I'm able to offer this to anybody. You know, I can, I can allow, I had six ladies on this morning that I'd never met before who signed up online because they wanted to do a live senior fitness class. I guess it's I'm reaching more people than I would have been able to in the past, and it's, it's not all a bad thing, yeah, well, and
0: I think you know when you're using Zoom and you can have that two way communication, it's not just watching a youtube channel i mean it's it's real life and and you can talk back and forth and communicate I, I think that's a very important factor you know for people to understand. And so um I, I think those live interactions are are critical, not only for residents, but for for um for families and I think staff too, whenever they're gonna be able to have a time to breathe to maybe do some training, just getting back to that sense of normal. Um, because we're we're like, woo, where'd it go? <laughs> you know, you're trying to like rope it back in again. Um and that communication has a lot, lot to do with that. So That's wonderful. And for, um, you know, the companies that have the closed circuit, you know, those are probably more assisted living and stuff. I don't know. Um, Alex, is that something you guys have? No. So we just communicate really, um, you know,
3: via FaceTime, um, you know, video chat. Wonderful. Well,
0: thank you, Kelly. How about how's your family adjusting and are you seeing any uh, you mentioned positives about being able to reach more people or different people as well through the change that you're making. Um, anything else that you're seeing, maybe something that's
4: kind of just lifted your heart. I like somebody else said too, I do get out for walks every morning. Uh, that's crucial for me and for my, I I just need to get out and think and clear my head and be away from a phone. But um, my, my oldest son is 23 and he lives in Seattle and works for Amazon. And he was given the work from home order two weeks before I think that we got it here. So he flew home immediately and he has been, so he's living, he's back living with us again. And so we have five adults and two big dogs living in this one house and none of us can go anywhere. And, but it's, we're cooking meals together, we're eating meals together, which we haven't done since they were in high school. And it's, we're laughing, we're playing games at night. It's, it's not, I say it again, it's not all bad. Yeah, I I agree.
0: I'm still in self-isolation. I get to leave, I'm in the upstairs of my house, and my daughter and her family live with me, And, you know, I can't wait to see everybody else. I see is Danielle standing at the bottom of the steps after she's run my food up to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, they've all been, you know, so good about, you know, meeting my needs and, and things like that. Even when I traveled, when I got home, they had supplies upstairs for me. They had big bag of snacks and plates and silverware and and Pop and Gatorade and all kinds of stuff, you know, they brought up to me before I left. My granddaughters did. Um, but I just miss them all so much, even though we're here. And I've been video conferencing with a lot of people, like my high school group is getting together now every Friday. Um, girls I worked with when I, you know, was 20, which is 40 years ago, we always went out um, to lunch or, or brunch. Um, every month, and now every week they want to get together for a Sunday brunch just to touch base during this, so, um, and then I've been working a lot with um, just families, families in need, you know, trying to calm them down and and give them peace and stuff, so I do think there's a lot of of good coming from this, so thank you, Kelly. Um, I wanted to ask, um, Sierra, if you can explain kind of the work that you do and uh, let people know how, how your company has adjusted as well.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So, Impera is a, a consortium of four aging service providers, and um, Impera itself has a team of uh, seven of us where we um, have the dedicated resources to sort of understand the aging services challenges and try to identify um new evidence-based research or practical application of evidence-based research into skilled nursing setting or assisted living settings. Um, Also have the time to really use root cause analysis, thinking to understand some of the greatest challenges, Um, and also spend the time boots on the ground hearing from residents um, and staff what are their biggest challenges. And so as a consortium, we spend a lot of our time with Um, in grants or um, uh, get funding through the state to do some improvement work. And um, we've had to adjust a little bit with this because generally on a a typical um, operations, we're going into 24 different nursing homes. And um, at this point, we're not going into the different nursing homes for this work um, because we don't want to be spreading. um, But uh, so we've kind of had to adjust that way. Um, but the consortiums that we serve are 24 different nursing homes and i um, in touch with them on a regular basis, serving them remotely. We've had to cancel in-person trainings. Um, we also do education and consulting for other aging service providers or other aging stakeholders across the country. And a lot of those, you know, also have been um, canceled or rescheduled or moved to a remote or Zoom meeting. So sort of adjusting the same way everyone else is uh, on that aspect
0: a family level how are how are you and your community as a whole adjusting have you
5: yeah so I have three girls at home and uh, my husband is um, works in sort of uh, uh, construction where they're, they're also helping with cleanup efforts so both him and I are still working but um, have had some time to also spend at home more often and uh, my kids like uh, my I have one in school age and she was just about to go on a spring break before they canceled schools. And so she sort of thinks she won the lottery to have this extended spring break, but they're starting to understand, you know, that things are more serious and it it gets hard at times for them to not get to go out and play with their friends or see their cousins. Um, But it, I think it really has been a nice time out for, I know people close to me and my loved ones, my family have just, you really kind of put into focus what matters most right now and to have that extra time to cook family meals and um, Just it, it's there's been what I like to call collateral beauty and all this not not all collateral damage well,
0: And I think that's good for us to be able to balance out as well You know with all of that um, Alex. I didn't ask you about your family. They're all here. <laughs> They're still
3: here um, so my husband is um, still working. Um, he he's fire and security for a lot of the major hospitals in the area, so you know he's doing everything that he can to to protect himself as well. Um, I have a son who's a junior um, in college. He has decided to stay in in Pennsylvania, um, just for the you know the fear that maybe he would expose us here. So, but he's okay, he's fine. Um, Our two older ones actually work in New York City. So that was a little, um, you know, I think we were a little stressed by that. So they have not been going to work. It'll be, it's actually, I don't, what day is it? Friday? Um, (laughs) It's, um, it was a week yesterday. So we're hoping that they're, you know, they're in the clear. And then I have a junior um, in high school here. So I've now become also a full-time teacher. Um, which I, I apparently I'm not that good at. So other than that, we're we're surviving. And I'm grateful, just like you know, everyone else has said, that there is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we've really um have gotten the chance to see what's really important. Um, I think personally I I know I run, you know, a million miles an hour. And for me, um you know i'm always careful for what i wish for because i always need a curveball to to kind of pull me in and and this was it so i think for you know a lot of people this was you know something to reflect on um and and not in a bad way i think for our family right now um it's been a good thing
0: yeah i think i think a lot of people are are seeing that i've been enjoying watching uh, jimmy fallon at night how he's incorporated all his kids into his show and so his little one, she'll push the button for his music and stuff. And then the older one that I think is six is doing the graphic designs and he holds it up every night to show it, you know, and, and then his wife's operating the camera and, you know, so many of, um, I think so many people are just getting You know they're pulling off the mask they're being down to earth Uh, a lot of people aren't wearing makeup even on their professional jobs anymore it's just like this is not a priority to look you know all spiffy um there's burps and stuff that are happening with the internet and people are learning to have patience after they get over their anger and once they realize they can't control the internet um you know, they're getting patience and they're becoming much more accepting. So I, I do think that there's a lot of neat things. I heard the other day, um, you know, with the churches going virtual, a lot of them. And I hadn't heard this before, that some churches are doing drive drive up communion. And I hadn't heard that one. So, I mean, everybody's really, really getting um, very creative, which I, I that's up my alley. I love kind of that brainstorming and sharing and things. And, you know, you see people doing happy hours or cul-de-sac parties where they're doing potlucks, but they only have, they each set up their table for their own potluck for their own family and even their family social distancing with that um, or, or happy hours by Zoom, um, birthday drive-bys and just different celebrations that people are going out of the way to to connect. And I think that that's a, I think that's a huge plus for all of us here Um, in the U.S. Um, The calls and the letters I think are essential that people are doing and you know I just honor all the work that that each of you are doing and your willingness to adapt um, I think is is just huge from a from a sense of community. If you are a caller and you want to unmute please feel free oh there you go. Um, Do you have any questions or comments
1: for our panel? My name is Maisha Green. Uh, Miss Loretta is my mentor, and I'm just following in her shadows to be a a support.
0: (laughs) She's a lot of people's mentors. I mean,
1: she's (laughs) just such an incredible
0: example of compassion and fun and energy, the way she um, lives her life. I mean, she really does lead by example. How have you been dealing with all this COVID craziness?
1: Well, uh, I live in um, Brentwood, Maryland. um, And I'm just here with my dog. (laughs) Um, I'm working from home. So that's a plus. Um, It's definitely a different environment. Um, I went to the grocery store and they told me I had more than one meat in my basket. And they told me that I only could pick one. So at first I was like, is this serious? And she was like, yes. So it's, it's definitely, um, a, a wide awakening, um, thing that's happening worldwide. Um, so yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, <just>, I hadn't <laughs> heard that with meat. I heard that with toilet paper, but I didn't hear that with, with other items and, and limiting, um, you know, wipes and, and, um, hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't had that, I don't believe, here in Minnesota, but what do I know? I've been locked up for two weeks <laughs> from what I'm hearing. Um, how How's your dog adjusting to you being home all the time?
1: He's. De- I have a little toy poodle. He's about five months now. Um, he's definitely enjoying all the attention. We're playing games. Uh, we go out three times uh, for a, just maybe a five to ten minute walk. Um, he's loving the attention. <laughs> Gosh, you
0: know, I didn't even think of that, but that'll be a big change for our pets when people go back to work. I I didn't even think of that. And and same with the kids and, well, I think all of us. It's going to just be a really, really interesting process. Did anybody have have any other comments or? One of the things I have um, also done that I didn't mention
2: that I think, you know, everybody else, um, has really enjoyed is I've been having sort of like office hours. You know, I do teach online in a totally different you know field, having nothing to do with aging or dementia. And but I'm like, well, we have virtual office hours too, where students can reach out. So I started um, doing some sort of virtual sort of consulting hours, and I've been on, on a call with um, folks who are also caring for parents. And I had three calls yesterday, and one lady um, I do remember going there, but. I was at a church in Baltimore maybe last October, and the woman who called yesterday had been there, and she was just starting out with her mom. And so because of the virus, she hasn't been able to connect easily with the Department of Aging. A lot of them are working at home as well, and the lines are jammed. And so she called me, and I was able to provide some of the information and some suggestions that she you know, needed. So she didn't know about the um, puzzles to remember, for example. And, you know, her mother was just bored to death. And she said, oh, I wish I could see your engaging presence. That's why I put that up on Facebook today. <laughs> so the engaging tools for people. And so I was, I'm trying to do it virtually now. And so I was able to at least pass that along. She says, oh, good. You know, now I'm not thinking about, you know, how to – uh, deal with my mom and and that, so she hopes that the puzzles bring them some joy. So not only were we not expecting this, that you know when we tried to prepare with the little bit of time we did have, everybody wanted to run to the grocery store. But those of us who have our you know the parents living with them, they might not have had activities. So now you got to you know run out and do that. So people hadn't thought of that. So I was able to you know encourage her to look around the house to include her mother's old hobbies and sewing and whatever, you know, they used to do and see what you could put together based on that. So, you know, for those of them in their house for a week or 10 days or two weeks, you have to really find things to do. And it's not obviously the same thing as, you know, playing a game with our kids because sometimes they can't follow along with those kind of things and that becomes more frustrating than enjoyable. So um, she was really happy with the suggestions I made. So I'm, I'm liking the drive by, you know, phone calls to um, do that for persons that can't get out or even get to the community centers that they used to go into as well. So nobody thought that they would be doing entertaining in their home for their elders. So this has been um, great for that.
0: Yeah, and Loretta also has like a coloring book and things too that can be used for activities along with uh, your book regarding your your story um, that I think is just so helpful for, for people. But yeah, I I agree. I've been having a lot of people reach out as well. They are just so struggling right now with, am I, you know, will my loved one be alive when this is over? Will, for those that are in a community, or will I be alive or will they remember me? I mean, and just, you just hear, I mean, they're crying. They're, they're so, so stressed. So I, I think it is important that we, have some virtual support groups and have these one-on-one consultations with people to be able to serve um, those in need. And for the, you know, people at home that have their loved one, yeah, this double, double duty. And they can't, you know, even when they went out to get the mail before, you know, I mean, everything's changed, even the way you get your mail (laughs) nowadays and stuff and putting it aside. So, you know, wearing gloves for all of those things. It's, it's just, every every aspect has has changed so i think we have to keep looking and searching and evaluating how is this going and what are we going to do next how can we continue to improve these services and i think a lot of them are going to stick with you know many many companies i think are going to be changing the way they they serve and kind of broaden broaden things um so, well, I really appreciate you all being with uh, with us today. Any other last comments by anybody? Uh, go ahead, Alex, and then Kelly. I do want to chime in on um,
3: support for the families out there that are listening. Um, if you go onto any of our Facebook pages of Artists in Your Living, We do have webinars that have started. I know we had one yesterday. We had over 350 people on there. I see Loretta shaking her head. Um, So uh, the next one is April 2nd. Uh, I am also speaking with the Alzheimer's Greater of New Jersey um, to start a support group. I will speak to them on Tuesday. So that is rolling out. Um, I think you're correct, um, Lori, in saying that, you know, this is going to be something that families need currently, and we sure you know are going to support families in anything that they need at the present time
0: yeah, and i I think um, I think the need's always been there, but I think there 's going to blossom a lot more support in a lot of ways. One of the things that I, I I just did a dementia chats, which is where I facilitate a conversation with people with dementia and i haven't i haven 't gotten to edit that one yet because i 've been working 14, 16 hours a day just trying to stay connected with people. And, and, um, but they made the comments, um, you know, when I asked, how are you doing? And they're like, we kind of have this down because this is exactly how we felt upon diagnosis, this isolation, this every, your whole world, you know, has, uh, gotten kind of dumped out on the floor and you got to figure out how to put it back together. So, the, the isolation for them, they said, really hasn't affected most of them because they do Zoom. They're in chat rooms. Um, they have connected with people all over the world and, and um, are just sharing real authentic conversations and have been for a long, long time. So they said, you know, we could probably teach people a lot and maybe they'll be a lot more compassionate about people with dementia in the future, understanding what it's like when your world is shattered. And you got to put it back together. And so um, I I just thought that that was kind of amazing. Um, Kelly, go ahead.
4: Lori, I was just thinking about this on my way when I was out walking this morning. Um, And as you said, we're having to make changes so quickly in everything we do and how we do things. But uh, because we have these live virtual training sessions online now, if family if there are caregivers living at home and and not able to leave and looking for activities, I don't know how to make it available, but it's available. it's out there. I don't know how to let people know that, but you know they could it would give them Monday, Wednesday, Friday for forty five minutes uh, an activity that they could do together with their the person
0: that they're doing the caregiving with too so well if you want to um maybe write me an article and I can push that out yeah I, I think it's just critical that we we share and we connect and and look at different things and really listen to what the needs are out there because I, I think every I think to me that's another one of the gifts I think people are listening and in watching expressions, the nonverbals, I, I think people are much more attentive at this point um, because they, you know, they want people to pay attention to them too and to see who they are. And so I think it is a good thing that we're being forced to slow down. We're being forced to reconnect. We're being forced to reevaluate pretty much all the priorities in our life, something like this. I mean, I think of the doctors and the nurses and And maybe even some of the staff in our communities are doing this now, but they're reworking their wills and they're really thinking about, okay, if something happens to me, what, how do I want this handled? And some people might go, well, that's too heavy to talk about, but it's real and it's, and it's smart living, you know, to consider those things. And it's, um, you know, with everyone, I shouldn't say everyone being out of work, but a lot of people being, out of work um, it's almost like evening the playing field of stuff so it's going to be interesting what happens with our financial markets our healthcare system I think telemarket or tele um, health is going to be here to stay um, and again that was another thing that was kind of forced in you know they the, those poor companies have been trying to break through forever and they're probably like
5: woohoo <laughs> you know, at this point Sarah did you have a comment Yeah, I just had a a few things to add um, from a resource perspective, too. I think um, one of the things, um, from just like for you know, I think for change, it has to start within ourselves. And I think, you know, being of service wherever you can be and and recognizing around you how people are dealing with it and and providing support is important. But uh, one of the things that I've realized, like in my own personal life, is uh, in our communities and with our older adults, you know, a lot of people are reaching out to their grandparents or their older adults that they hadn't otherwise. And, uh, you know, like here, they're they're um, putting hours on the store to let older adults shop first. And it's just been so heartwarming to see the community response, uh, the posts on Facebook, like, they, they fought in the wars for us, we can sit on the couch for them. And I, it's it's really inspiring. And I, my hope is that we continue to engage and reach out to our older adults after this and not just for this time. But um, this isolation that a lot of them were feeling, whether they were in a community or living at home, um, for some aspects there's this beauty of family reaching out to them and um, offering to get groceries and whatnot. But there's also, um, a, I think for my own grandparents, my grandpa uh, has dementia but not – diagnosed it because he's so I shouldn't say he has it but I he has it and I think um because of that my grandma's always had an outlet of a social life to go to her bible studies and be with her friends and I see that you know now she's at home she has some um she has COPD and so she really needs to protect herself but she doesn't have that outlet now to kind of keep her sanity while caring for my grandpa um, and my grandpa doesn't understand. He does for a minute and gets really paranoid, and then the next minute he wants to drive to Menards, and so some of the challenges that they're having, and she's having no outlet, so I think it's important for you know making sure that that caregiver feels supported because you can't really, right now, it's just the two of them in their home and watching out for that. Um, Part, a group that I'm a part of um, sent this out, and I've been sharing it with people, so I, I don't know a lot about it, but I think it's kind of cool and we can share it. But it is a, um, it's a resource called COVIDia Connections where um, older adults or anyone can actually access all different things via a phone. And they're also looking for for some of you on the line right now who are wondering, like, what can you do to help? I know that they were looking for people who would want to host different activities, whether it would be art or um, health and well-being, current events um, that older adults can join just via phone. And so that's something I shared with both of my grandparents to just kind of give them something because it's so hard to not be able to do anything else. Um, The other thing I wanted to share too is from the standpoint of caring for the caregivers and ourselves and, and everybody, like, there's a lot that over the years, um, working to improve the aging experience we've learned is, is good good stuff for all of us, from getting a good night's sleep, um, to which helps us prevent infection, to also emotional support and uh, mind-body-spirit support. So one thing uh, that's a resource out there for some people, if they want, is um, Imperial will be having a, a Stay Well series for mind-body and health-facing COVID, where we're going to kind of dispel and talk about COVID, what's happening, if people want more information um, about that, and then some practical tips you can do, because a lot is out of our control right now, but to know the things that are in your control and the things you can do, um, we're going to just be sharing some of those tips as a free webinar, and then it'll be posted as a free video, so again, we can can share that resource, but that's next Friday from 2 to 3. And then the last thing I just wanted to share too is our, a current program that we've been working on in our um, nursing homes has been around the concept of mortality acceptance and truthful prognostication and being able to talk to people about what matters most before they're on hospice, but when we know they're facing end of life. Typical life expectancy in a nursing home is, is about 2.2 years. And we found this gap where people sort of know it's coming, but no one's telling them it's coming. And then they're stuck in the the utilization of medical um, medications and all that and not living the life they wanted. And so it prompted us into this program that we call Resolute. But where it's relevant today is what Resolute has taught us is that exploring your mortality and thinking about what matters most to you isn't just for somebody who's getting close to end of life, that we all can benefit from it and when we can confront our mortality it unleashes this opportunity to enjoy the little things in life like we're all getting to do and if if we have the wisdom and the reflection to do so at this time so I've been saying to some people what's happening with COVID is is kind of similar to what happens when people get a cancer diagnosis in our society the word cancer generally means am I gonna die and right now a lot of people with COVID are thinking am I gonna die and um, and I think it, it's a really good time for us with this extra time on our hands to stop and reflect and think about, you know, what it, what matters most, what really are our fears and priorities, and what can we do about things, and then what do we need to just have serenity to, to give up. And there are two tools that we have available if people were interested in them. Um, but one is a, a reflection journal that helps you walk through these mortality questions that literally it was eye-opening for us of this isn't just for older adults it's for everyone but it it has you kind of look through different questions and journals so if you have extra time on your hands of the questions like how does my life have meaning what matters most to me how do I want to live the rest of my life how long will I live Um, what happens when I die spiritually and what are our end-of-life wishes how will I be remembered? And would my loved ones be okay when I'm done? And so this leads you through like deeper questions to rhetorically answer those and, and find your own peace with them. And then the other tool is similar to that, but this is more for the caregiver who is feeling a little bit um, like trying to find their role and where's their responsibility in caregiving and, and not, but also has them kind of think about their own caregiving role. And so those are two resources that are also out there. If you have some just quiet time for reflection and, want to to do that so I wanted to share those as well
0: well thank you that is helpful I think in wrapping up again first I want to thank you for your time because I know how busy everybody is Um, but I do think these are important conversations to try to keep people connected I'm going to throw in one plug for a great activities place it's called Maria's Place and um, Maria's Place is uh, free and they have all different kinds of activities from um, you know, it could be uh, crafts and coloring uh, to doing some some minor exercises and stretching um, to uh, doing meditations. They were trying to um, work some stuff into sensory. I haven't seen if they've done that or yet. Um, and then they have um, a, like a shopping list of what you need to do the different projects. They have them by seasonal and holidays. And I mean, it's, it's very extensive. And then they've got videos on showing you how to do whatever it is you're doing, and then they break it down into kind of like middle uh, or early, middle, and late stages for people as well, which is really helpful. So how to adapt things. So um, they're just, uh, they're wonderful. Um, Maria is actually, I want to say, over in Ireland, and then uh, she works with, I believe it's her niece here in Colorado, but... Um, they, they do a really cool job, and there's, it's just endless what you can find on there. Um, there's also lots of, um, I don't know, if you just start Googling things, they're just popping up because everybody's looking for them, you know, so that's, that's kind of a neat thing. In wrapping up, I just want to, again, thank you all, and, but I want to also um, give you a moment just to um, tell people how they can contact you. So, Sarah, if you want to go first.
5: Yes, so if you want to contact me, you can go to www.impira.org and then there's a contact there or you can email me personally which is sbrown at impira, E-M-P-I-R-A.org.
0: Wonderful, thank you. And
3: Alex, how about you? Um, if you want to reach us, um, you can go to artistsseniorliving.com that will give you information of the entire um, you know, communities across the United States. And if you want to reach me, it's my first initial A, my last name Amato, and it's at uh, artistsmgmt.com. Wonderful, thank you. And Kelly, how about
0: you?
4: Uh, it's uh, www.live2the number two the letter B healthy.com, and my email is Kelly K E L L Y N at LiveToBeHealthy.com.
0: Great, thank you. And Loretta, how about you?
4: So my email is um,
2: pretty easy. It's my whole name, LorettaVeeny.com, that's easy. And then my email is LWVeeny at LorettaVeeny.com. And I think that um, for all of the virtual things, I'm gonna try to add some links to my website as well. I'm a huge artist fan, as as Alexandra mentioned. So just doing the virtual tours and keeping up with that stuff. So I'm going to try to add some things to my um, website while I'm here too, because virtual tours are really going to be helpful and comforting to people as we go forward over the next uh, few weeks.
0: Agree. Well, thank you again so much um, for your work. And um, please keep in touch, you know, as things change. If there's things you want updated that you want, want us to talk about, I'd be glad to have any of you back anytime. Bye. Stay safe thank and you. healthy, everyone. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.